Solving Water, a Xylem podcast, is proud to feature a three-episode series dedicated to the topic of water utility resilience during these extraordinary times. The episodes are adapted from recorded Zoom conversations with Xylem executives, leaders, and experts, and include commentary on the strong partnerships, digital solutions, and advanced innovations that are central to the industry's ability to keep water accessible, safe, and affordable during these trying times. Hi, I'm Amanda Holloway, and this is the first episode in a three-part series featuring Xylem leaders and the topic of water utility resilience. I had the pleasure of speaking with two of Xylem's newest leaders, Matthew Pine, Senior Vice President and Vice President of Applied Water Systems and the America's Commercial Team, and Joe Johnston, Vice President of Water Infrastructure for Xylem North America, about unlocking opportunities in the water sector during these extraordinary times. Here's the discussion. Good morning, I'm Amanda Holloway, and I'm pleased to moderate today's conversation between two of Xylem's newest leaders, Matthew Pine, who is the Senior Vice President and Vice President of Xylem's Applied Water Systems and America's Commercial Team, and Joe Johnston, Vice President of Water Infrastructure for Xylem North America. I'm going to be asking questions that highlight the importance of having strong partnerships at every point in the water cycle, especially during these extraordinary times. So I'd like to start with a formal welcome to both of you to Xylem. I think now is a great time for you to introduce yourself and um, give us a little bit of background when you join the company, et cetera. Matthew, let's start with you. Great. Thanks for having me today. Very excited to be here. Uh, started with the company March 16th which was uh, the week we went into shutdown. So it was, uh, it's been quite, quite the challenge. And I'll talk about that hopefully here in a minute. But, uh, you know, again, very happy to be here. And listen, I've been fortunate to work in, in lots of different industries in my background from underground utility contracting, which is probably the most analogous to, you know, what I'm doing today within, within Xylem to HVAC, which was heating, ventilation, air conditioning, and wind power generation and now into water. So, you know, I think those experiences have served me well. You know, each one of those experiences in those different end markets, you know, had a lot of pain points that are very similar to what we're dealing with, affordability, sustainability, productivity, efficiency. And lastly, hopefully we'll talk about digital today, uh, interoperability, which is becoming um, more and more uh, really relevant and prevalent in uh, industries. And so I think a lot of these pain points that I've had experiences in are very applicable to water utilities. And, um, you know, I think I can bring those experiences to really accelerate our offerings uh, that we have at Xylem to help our customers and, and really also give them a point of view of how other industries are dealing with some of the same challenges. Great, so yeah, um, let me introduce myself as well. I'm also um, relatively new to the company. I joined Xylem um, in November of last year. Um, and somewhat similar to Matthew, uh, my background is uh, in the power generation industry, um, which um, to Matthew's point, I think has a lot of similarities to what we do within our water infrastructure business here at Xylem as well. Um, in that both are in the industrial space, which have a mix of short, and long cycle projects creating valuable outcomes for customers. Um, in addition, both work in the regulated environment. And so I'm very familiar with the utility model. Um, and most of my time uh, in power generation was spent in the, the service uh, space, servicing power plants. 
um, for their long-term needs. Um, and so as we think strategically about um, some of the things that we're emphasizing, I think we'll get into as part of our conversation here, trying to leverage that experience um, with services specifically, uh, I think is gonna be important um, for our strategy going forward. And so while yes, I'm new to the water industry, uh, I do think I'm able to draw on a number of experiences in installing equipment in the field, sales, operations and general management that uh, have a number of parallels for our teams and, and for our customers uh, as well. I want to get back to um, something Matthew said earlier um, that he joined the company basically right at the, mm. the height of the pandemic. And so you both have, have sort of entered into this industry in this most interesting time. Um, and I think that that's maybe made some, made it challenging um, for you to foster camaraderie, relationships, whether that's internal with employees um, or external just because of the travel restrictions and all of that good stuff. Um, so how are you building relationships in light of some of these barriers that COVID is presenting? Yeah, I can kick it off and then turn it over to Joe. Uh, look, sure. like I said, there's nothing like a like a good pandemic to test your leadership skills right out of the gate when you when you join a new industry and a new company. But look, it, it's obviously limited face to face interaction, which you know is critical. You know, it's good to meet people in person, look them in the eye, spend time with them face to face. However, you know, our world is evolving, and and you know, digital tools like Zoom and others do make it very easy to engage people. You know, again, face to face is always good, especially when you're when you're forming relationships. But in the absence of that, it's worked actually pretty well for me. I think you know, I I kind of look at it more from a positive, where this has allowed me to spend more times with colleagues, getting to know them better um, globally. And you know, before I probably would have been on an airplane, I would have been in airports. You know, that when you really take a step back and look at how much time that is that you travel. Um, I've really turned that on its head and used that to spend time really engaging colleagues. I think the other thing, too, is with the pandemic, it's really forced us to have even closer ties to our customers and, and even being more engaged with them. And an example of that would be some of our, our distribution councils where we go uh, through independent distribution to the end customer. We used to meet maybe monthly, but usually quarterly you know, we were meeting weekly and still meet, you know, fairly often since the pandemic. And so it's really helped me ramp up, spend more time with customers and really has driven more engagement from my perspective. Um, probably the last point on that would be, you know, communication. Um, much like our customers, it's forced me and, and also my peers and our CEO to have a lot more engagement with our, with our employees. And so, you know, onboarding in this situation, while can be a challenge, I think has afforded me a time to really engage more and, and, and really go into the deep end of the pool quick and learn the business. And, uh, and again, and, and just engage lots of different stakeholders more so than I would have um, kind of been in a traditional onboarding. So I'm kind of taking the positive view on it. And I think that's, that's helped me a lot. Yeah, I, I would agree with that as well. I mean, for me, um, I guess I have a little bit of a leg up on Matthew in that I joined in November and had a couple months of travel, allowing me to meet some of our team, our partners, our customers. But it's it's obviously been a, a challenge with the inability to travel as freely as we've been used to. Um, and look, I think that extends to our 
our customers and our partners as well. Um, but to Matthew's point, we're adapting um, using the, the Zooms and the WebExes, not only for business purposes, but also for happy hours and coffee chats, et cetera, which, which helps. Um, but also a lot of one-on-ones, one-on-ones that don't necessarily have a, a strict business purpose, just trying to create some space to get to know people uh, just as you would at lunch or a face-to-face meeting. I've actually been surprised with, with how well that's, that's worked along with the video chat. Um, but look, I'd also say that um, some of our team um, uh, is still traveling um, and, and still doing a lot of work in the field, um, holding meetings as necessary. I mean, Xylem is a critical infrastructure company um, and our partners and our customers depend on us. Um, and so many of our people out there working every day doing those installations, startups, commissioning, those critical functions that are necessary to keep the water running. And we've taken a number of steps to support them and keep them safe. Um, but we'll continue to be out there as needed to support our customers in providing that safe, clean water that they need and is so important too. I'm going to shift gears a little bit here now and talk about um this major progression in our industry towards digital digitalization. Um, we hear terms like internet of things, embedded intelligence, integrated systems, et cetera. Um, how are we approaching the digital transformation overall? And I think that's a great question for you to start with, Matthew. And then Joe, if you can um, weigh in on more sure. specifics for the water utility industry, that would be great. Yeah, look, yeah, digitalization is a big word, and it means a lot of things to a lot of people. Um, really, it, it entails the whole value chain, from my point of view, from, you know, how you are more efficient in your workplace through things like bots that can, you know, or basically macros that can, you know, do things that humans used to do administratively to how you uh, digitize products in, in the field and bring back data from those. Um, it could be your operations, both service and factories. It can be the customer experience. So there's, there's lots of different ways that, you know, people are dealing with digitalization in their businesses. And as I think about really um, the digital transformation, I think of it in kind of different phases along the continuum. You've got kind of monitor, control, optimize, and then automate, which is really autonomy, which is basically something that's self-actuating. When you think about an iRumba vacuum, that's automation. It's, you know, it's cleaning your house. It's, it's moving around. So that's a good example I like to use. So, you know, um, everyone is on a different um, part of the continuum. Every customer is in a different place on that journey. And for us, I think it's about providing discrete solutions for each one of those different pieces of the continuum, but also kind of knitting and stitching together a solution that can take it from end to end. And I know that, you know, some of the folks have heard of Xylem View, which is a, a, a product that we're putting together to look at, um, at the system more holistically in water utilities from end to end that, um, you know, takes it from beginning to end along that continuum. And I think the other thing that's really critical, too, nowadays in the past where s- solutions were not interoperable with other, um, you know, could be peers, competitors, whatnot. Um, those systems have to be open and, and be agnostic, if you will, and be able to uh, plug and play with any type of device. So, again, you know, I think that, you know, we're addressing it, you know, for discrete solutions along the continu- continuum to help our customers and all the benefits that, 
you know, hopefully we'll get into in a minute around what those things can do for the customer. But that's how I think about digital uh, from my point of view. Yeah. You know, and, and look, within water infrastructure and in the utility space, you know, we're leveraging um, the digital capabilities we have today, um, but also making investments in digital to better serve the needs of our customers tomorrow. Um, today, we've got digital solutions such as our BlueX wastewater network optimization tool, which really helps utilities more efficiently manage flow from their collection systems versus some of the traditional methods. And then we also have our BlueX treatment plant optimization software, which helps utilities simulate and efficiently manage many of the complex processes in a treatment facility. Um, but I'd go back to what Matthew said as well, which is that while we are, while we have digital solutions today, we are making investments, um, you know, going forward. Um, we're all also investing in some of the more traditional, um, what I would consider digital solutions around MNC, monitoring controls, connected devices, uh, monitoring and diagnosing to get more out of the equipment that is already in the field um, and the inherent um, intelligence that is in that equipment. Um, but at the end of the day, um, digital is really, in my mind, just another arrow in the quiver, along with our traditional products and services, to help customers achieve the outcomes that they deem necessary. Um, and I think to Matthew's point, that's how you know we're 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 approaching um, solving those uh, problems for customers is finding out what those outcomes are, and then uh, pairing the digital with the hardware with the services to deliver on that end outcome that the customer deems important. Yeah, and um, just to take that a step further, Joe, um, how do you think our digital solutions can help strengthen our partnerships with our customers, channel partners, et cetera? Yeah, look, I mean, for me, it's, it's rather simple, right? Digital solutions allow us to serve our customers and be closer to them by not only solving the challenges that they have today, but also using asset management, monitoring diagnostics, to and frankly, predictive analytics to anticipate the issues that they may have tomorrow um, before they occur. Um, I, I think we're all trying to get out in, in front of not only solving what our issues are today, but solving what they will be tomorrow. And I think digital is an efficient cost-effective way of, of doing that, um, you know, and providing the reliability that, that customers need and allowing us to partner with them um, more closely going forward. To hear more discussions about challenges and trends in today's water industry, tune in to our other shows on Solving Water, a Xylem podcast, including In the Field with Gould's Water Technology about issues impacting the residential and agricultural markets, through the Water Cycle, a series reviewing every aspect of the water utilities segment from treatment to monitoring and reuse, and the Bell & Gossip podcast focused on HVAC and plumbing systems for commercial building services. Stream, download, and subscribe for these episodes and more. Um, I'm going to uh, move into another area here um, and talk about critical services, um, specifically uh, what are some of the factors driving growth and expansion of these services? Um, we'll start maybe uh, with you, Joe, and talking about specifically in the water utilities market, what some of these critical services are. 
Sure. So, um, look, we provide a number of critical services um, for our, our customers, ranging from preventative maintenance agreements to startup and commissioning services that I mentioned earlier. But, you know, really, when I think of critical services, I immediately think of our uh, dewatering rentals business. So this is a 24-7 business supporting a number of market verticals from industrial to construction, as well as the utility space. And specific to the utility market, um, you know, this is a critical service. They perform unplanned maintenance work, but also in support of major weather events, uh, such as the uh, the season that we're in right now um, with the weather events that we're having and where we're there to support our customers and our communities uh, when there's flooding and, and frankly, ultimately where, you know, water is where you don't want it. Um, and, and one area in particular I'd highlight is our engineered dewatering solution. So these are custom designed engineered turnkey solutions that are oftentimes planned long-term rentals to accommodate plant upgrades or significant retrofits um, that allow our customers to keep their facilities running and delivering or producing clean drinking water while making the investments that are required for their long-term success. And so with an aging infrastructure, we see more of a need for this. Um, and we're investing in this area and leveraging our engineering horsepower, uh, which we think is a differentiator for Xylem and, and can deliver for our customers. Matthew, how do you see uh, Xylem's critical services evolving um, to continue to deliver that value to our customers? Yeah, I'll probably take it up a notch from from where Joe was, and just think of, think about it a little bit more holistically. And you know, one of the biggest challenges today, not only for water utilities, um, but also a lots of other industries, is labor. Um, you know, there's a lot of folks that are retiring now from different trades, and specifically from the water utility industry. And this is one of the top issues I hear about all the time. It's about you know labor that is retiring and the challenge again, across lots of trades in the water utility to, to backfill that labor. So providing solutions that really drive productivity um, and allow the utilities to do maybe um, the same amount of work that they have today with less people, but ultimately doing more with less people is really something that we're super focused on. And I think where that also, the correlation to that is also driving affordability. You know, um, as you think about dealing with COVID right now and, and potential loss of revenue for the different water utilities that are out there, um, not only dealing with labor issues, but also affordability in terms of their costs going up, their, you know, less, less money to invest. Um, it, it's really imperative um, that we drive these, this productivity to deal with labor, both uh, on that side, but also just the lack of revenue so we can keep water costs down and, and continue to make it affordable for people. Um, it's already a challenge in some parts of uh, the United States in certain cities. Um, we just can't let it get worse. So th th that's one area that we're really focused on from a critical service point of view. We've spent, uh, you know, a lot of time today in the discussion um, focused on the criticality of our partnerships during these, you know, really interesting times. And uh, just wanted to circle back and ask, you know, what, kinds of partnerships we're talking about and why they're so essential to the industry's forward movement right now. Go ahead, Joe. 
Yeah, so so look, um, you know, partnerships is is a big word, and when I think about partnership, it's it's shared success. Um, and look, I think it's something that we've been doing for a long time. You know, we partner with our distributors um, on and our rep network on the indirect side of our business. We partner with our end customers, and so while I think this isn't anything particularly new, that doesn't mean that it's business as usual. And we don't think about how we enhance those partnerships further. Um, and, and so, look, we're trying to drive closer partnerships w- uh, and relationships with all of our partners, particularly as we think about driving those shared out- outcomes. Um, and it's, it's, it's not just providing a product or a service. It's about looking on delivering uh, outcomes and new bo- business models that drive alignment in those shared goals. Um, and so as I think about that more specifically with our distrib- distributors and our rep networks, I think about a fresh approach about how we partner with our channels to bring more of their feedback into our product roadmap, into the business, and be more transparent about go-to-market strategies and, and making shared decisions. And at the end of the day, you know, our, our distributors, our rep network are some of the best salespeople uh, in addition to our direct salespeople and, and team that we have. Um, and they've got a lot of great product, customer, market, intel that we need to be using for our collective growth to drive the greater value uh, and end solutions for our shared customers. And so um, as we think about those partnerships, as we think about driving those shared outcomes and relationships, we're really trying to emphasize um, the outcomes to really bring us closer together going forward. Again, not only with our distributors and reps, but also uh, in in a similar fashion with our our end customers as well. Matthew, what's your perspective on that? Yeah, just to, you know, again, anchor the point I just made, I think partnerships with our utilities to address non-revenue water, digital, in terms of driving down costs and as a service models are, are pretty important. Those partnerships are important because, you know, again, as they face additional or, you know, reductions in revenue, helping them um, in those areas will be really important to have them continue on and be uh, efficient and, and uh, leverage their operations. You know, I'd, I'd shift gears a little bit and think about it more from a social mission point of view, uh, partnerships. You know, we have several partnerships around the globe. Um, a couple I'd highlight in the U.S., we have partnerships with the Well Water Trust, which is really a mandate to provide clean water to American families. And then we have our relationship with waterboys.org. Um, you know, that, you know I, didn't, I didn't realize it when I joined the industry that there's tens of millions of people that have well water in the United States. And especially during, during the COVID crisis where people are unemployed and they have challenges, you know, if, if one of their pumps breaks down, um, being able to afford that or if their well just dries up and they need to drill a new well, um, you know, how that can impact them in their life if they can't have clean, fresh, clean water. So I think those partnerships are really important um, on the social side for us to be super engaged in and make sure we're doing our part to, uh, to help families across the U.S. Well, that's great. Um, I'm going to throw a, a final question here at you both before we close up that, um, that's just uh, one to satisfy my curiosity, really. Um, but just <laughs> um, we'll start with you, Matthew. I just would love to hear what is one of the more interesting things you've learned since joining Xylem. 
Wow, interesting thing. I, I think uh, this probably frame it this way. When I the one of the reasons I came to to Xylem was it's a very balanced company. It it does a good job of balancing on. Obviously, we're publicly traded, and we have to meet certain financial you know obligations and meet our commitments to our shareholders. But you know, when I interviewed, what really intrigued me was the focus on employees and the fo- the focus on social mission and the philanthropic yeah. um, work that we do. And since I've been here, that that has been reinforced, which makes me feel really good that I think we have a really balanced company that um, that looks at things multidimensional. And, and, you know, just to be frank, you don't get that a lot today in, in companies. And, you know, we a lot of companies, you know, every company has got warts, but um, lots of companies tend to really focus on the bottom line. And I think the the balance that we have as a company has really opened my eyes. I thought it was there. And since I've been on board, it's what I've witnessed and it makes me proud to, to work at Xylem. Yeah, for, for me, Amanda, I mean, I, I would reiterate the same points. I mean, that was something that certainly attracted me to, to Xylem was the mission of, of the company. Um, and, and, and happy to say that that, um, you know, impression and initial impression is, has led and become a realization. Um, but the, the passion of the people um, not, and the team, not only inside, you know, Xylem, but our, our partners and, and then our customers uh, around that mission of providing clean, safe drinking water um, and doing, you know, whatever it takes to, to, to support that in the community has really struck me. Um, and, you know, frankly, excites me and motivates me. Um, and, and just that passion that comes through every day um, is, is, is uh, very, it's very motivating and, and happy to say that um, <clears throat> that realization has come through um, from the initial impressions and uh, just really enjoying it. Great. Well, I, um, we're very fortunate to have both of you on board. I'm very happy to have you here and I really appreciate uh, you sharing some of your insights regarding these extraordinary times and these extraordinary partnerships. Thanks, Amanda. Appreciate the time. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to this episode of Xylem's Solving Water podcast. For more on how Xylem is working in partnership with the water utility industry to build resilience during this most challenging year, visit the website in the show notes. To share feedback and ideas for solving water, please reach out to me at amanda.holloway at xyleminc.com. The next episode of Solving Water is the second in a three-part series of recorded Zoom calls about water utility resilience and features two individual discussions with the president and CEO of Xylem, Patrick Decker, and vice president and general manager, Al Cho.